My name's Hanley. I'm the host of On the Line With, a podcast based out of Ottawa. We speak about the arts, mental health, drug addiction, social causes and issues, and we're not here commending them or glorifying them. We're here speaking about it, getting down to the facts, getting down to the causes and effects, where it leads people, how it hurts people, how it hurts you. We're here to talk about how people deal with their mental health, self-care, self-love. The show's about helping and inspiring. Nothing more than that. My goal is to help and inspire. And when I say that, I mean help and inspire by helping someone maybe go and get the help they need for their addiction or inspire someone to pick up a microphone or pen or brush and create an art. That's what we're here for. So again, my name's Hanley and you'll be on the line with me. Welcome back to On The Line With. Today we're here with my buddy, old friend from high school, uh, Norman McAvoy, a.k.a. Norman Clickbait on Instagram. So I'll give him a second to introduce himself. He's a comedian. He's a social media guru. He knows everything that'll get you popping on your Instagram, anything that'll get you popping content-wise. So if you're looking for somebody, this is the guy, but I'll let him introduce himself. So why don't you go ahead, my dude? Thanks, man. That was a great intro um yeah so norman clickbaits on instagram i love uh making funny videos making my friends laugh it's been something i've been doing for a while now uh yeah can't really say much beyond that thanks for having me on excited to do a chat with you excited to chat with you again after you know yeah this is our second attempt at doing an interview because we lost all the files to the first one so yeah uh so i guess we'll start off with the uh well you moved from ottawa to montreal right yeah back in october and you did that to further your career in like like the uh, social media and comedy aspect or yeah but to be really honest it's just for a change and like you know just uh change of scenery exactly change your perspective through the you know when you walk down different streets start thinking differently type of thing mm-hmm. and how do you like it so far yeah it's been fun um obviously with curfew curfew here at 8, 8 p.m again it's been kind of rough like even last night i wanted to go out and buy toilet paper and i couldn't so i was like fuck i guess i'm not pooping tonight so how'd you wipe your ass uh, you know it's uh <laughs> won't go it's it's too r-rated i can't go into i can't give my trade secrets <laughs> I definitely don't want to give away those trade secrets, but I'm pretty sure I saw you in the Montreal riots. I'm not going to say anything to go, but I'm pretty sure I saw you there. No, no, sorry. I'm a Herbert. <laughs> no, definitely. So you've been working with a restaurant that sponsors the YouTube miniseries, uh, Mauvais Marceau. Uh, how's that been? Yeah, man, it's, I'm loving it. We're doing lots of fun videos. I, I get to wear my marketing hat and try to like you know think of different ways to, to promote the business because it's been hard you know they have they're like an in-room dining type of uh comfort food restaurant so with covid you have to change your business completely for uber eats and for delivery so we're trying all these new things but it's been fun from a marketing perspective like it's a it's a good challenge you know so so when you're doing that type of work do you have like free reign to like do whatever you think is the best at good question and yeah they have pretty much like a couple times they've asked me like is that a good idea that i did that but i think they're, they're cool like that they give me they, they they have faith in me and they give me control when it comes to you know like pr marketing advertising the the brand everything about the, the restaurant and they've they've been open for like four or five years so it's it's nice to have that kind of control right and uh 
like I said, they sponsored the miniseries. You want to tell the people how that just came about, how that happened, how you made that work? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always trying to promote the restaurant in new and different mediums and different ways. And I know you started a podcast and, and it's about the arts and about mental health. And I think that's something that's important to the restaurant as well, like those things. So I think it just was a perfect fit for that reason. And, you know, promotion is promotion and you're going to start growing and people are going to start watching your podcast. And, and that's the cool thing about Ottawa is a lot of people from Ottawa visit Montreal and you, you'll have, you'll have listeners in Montreal too. Right. So it's like, it's, it, it was beneficial for both of us. Like we get, we get the promotion and you get the, the, the merch, the swag. Right. So it's a, so mutually, I just, I just hit that vape again. It gave me the instant yawns. But, it's, um, it's mutually ve- beneficial for both exactly, of us. Exactly, yeah. And yeah, definitely don't merch from them. I definitely still love that hoodie. And awesome. uh, Glad you like yeah, it. it definitely works out. I mean, like, I know you do other uh, companies out there as well. So if they ever want to help out and do the same, well, let me know. Yeah, they don't they don't have as much merch yet, but once that once that gets lined up for sure. Or yeah, I mean I'm I'm newer with them too. Yeah. I don't have as much pull and as much creative control as I do with the restaurant, but it's then I'll just then I'll just get some more from Mo Vigar, so <laughs> yeah, we have <laughs> we got more stuff coming out. I mean yeah, yeah. This is what marijuana does to people. Yeah, I, I literally just, I did it during the interview. I just hit it right now while we're talking. I feel bad, but I'll be I'll be okay. I'll be okay. No more yawns. I'm smoking one while we're talking, so if I cough, that's why. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you know me. You caught you caught the avid smoking Hanley when you met me when you came down last. So. Yeah, man, it's all good. I'm the same way. I feel you. Yeah. So yeah. So talk to me more about comedy now because like I know you do a lot of comedy intertwined with like your uh, PR stuff and the stuff for the restaurants because that's your. That's like your main gig, right? Like you love to be a comedian. Would you say you're more of a voice actor in that genre, or would you say you're just an overall comedian? Um, I'd say probably more voice acting is what what I feel like I, I'm going to end up doing. Or what, I just had an interview, like a meeting today before speaking with you, and I I was talking to this guy who runs a movie production company here in Montreal, and I said to him how I thought I'd be good for his commercials and stuff. So I'm trying to make moves in that way. I guess I'm kind of on a tangent, but to answer your question, as far as like comedy stuff right now, my outlet is probably like OnlyPans. I know you know about that. Yeah. So I created like an OnlyFans account about frying pans. Is essentially the whole. That's, that's pretty much it. But it's been <laughs> it's fun. Great. The, yeah, it has like 200 something followers out of nothing. <laughs> it's it's pretty funny how like you find all these random people on the internet who think a stupid joke is also funny and then it just grows from there. It's also Yeah, funny. definitely. So, and then like, that's the thing though, when it comes to my own personal face and like comedy videos, it's just harder in the sense like I'm way harder on myself. Like if it's me in the video, I'll, I'll be way like more critical or like I'll, you know, if I'll post it and it doesn't get enough, views or likes I'll, I'll take it down like i'm not i'm not proud to admit that but it's just like one of those things where if it's my own face when it comes to comedy i'm much more like sensitive when it comes to the reaction and everything i guess that's pretty normal for most people though but i think we all get insecure now that technology like instagram and facebook have taken over the world of like selfies and self videos and stuff we see ourselves way too much and we what? It also puts a number on it, right? Like it literally quantifies, like, like you just said, selfies and videos. There's a number attached to like how popular it is, and it, and it fucks with fucks with my head for sure. Exactly, that's what I was gonna jump into. I was gonna yeah. say like sometimes it's not just 
the insecurity of how you look, but the insecurity that you're not getting enough attention, which I find is like, personally, I do that too. You're not the only one. I also do that. People with people with millions of followers do that too, right? Like it's not. Yeah. So it's, it's universal, but it's, it's definitely like a toxic aspect of how social media works. Very toxic. Yeah. Cause we already, we already compare ourselves to other people too much. And now it's just like you're here. Now you can compare yourself to the entire world all in one quick swipe, you know? Exactly. And I just don't see how it benefits anybody when that type of thing happens, like, and how they're going to have other people open up or bring them into their circle to like collaborate and stuff. If they're all too focused on one thing, like the app isn't concerned with that, right? The app is concerned with you exactly be on it as much as possible so they're they're probably thinking to themselves well if we make it a competitive thing you know what i mean like if if it was more inclusive and about the community then people wouldn't be on instagram as much probably because they'd be living healthier lives <laughs> you know what i mean Absolutely. Like, but yeah it's an, i can't imagine being on like instagram in high school and stuff and having your having a number associated to like how popular you are and stuff yeah like i being on facebook at the end of high school was already enough yeah now for sure so uh let's uh talk just a little bit more about the comedy do you have any uh major moves you could let us know that have come to fruition already since we last spoke yeah i mean with the restaurant we shot a, a music video spoofing Justin Bieber's Peaches. I got my peaches out in Georgia. And we like, we we remixed the song using lyrics like about the restaurant's menu and food. So didn't you post that already? No, not yet. No. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking of another one. Sorry. Go on. It's all good. Basically like it should be pretty funny. And I mean, even as of recently, we posted like a fighting video. We posted like the arm wrestle one. I think you might have saw a couple of them. Yeah, on the, the arm wrestle one and the fighting one are the ones I saw. The fighting one was great because of the meal prep. That was a great meal prep uh, yeah, promotion. Like, there. Pro- promotion. Yeah, definitely. That was a good one. Because it goes back to what you're saying too. It's an interesting question because I feel like I only know how to market, promote things in a funny way. I think that's it's my style of like how I view the world because I'm always trying to like find the funny like the the comedy and things yeah so, so i think that's probably why a lot of our videos or pictures have that kind of vibe but i also think like people can relate to people who don't take themselves too seriously you know like yeah i think people can vibe with that when um i was just saying how with the restaurant content even it's like it's like almost like all i know how to do is is comedy or like you know humorous videos and it kind of says something about me i guess the fact that like you know even with meal prep or all these things my my initial ideas are always like, okay, what's funny about this, or how can we make this comedy? And I think that's just, you know, you can approach Instagram, you can approach social media different ways, but obviously, being funny is one way to approach it. I think funny is the best way to approach it, because otherwise, you're just sad when you're online. Exactly, because I could talk about, you know, how COVID and how um, stuff has affected the restaurant and how much money we're losing, but nobody. At the end of the day, people they don't want to hear that shit. They want to like laugh. They want to not feel crappy, you know. <laughs> yeah. For example, like when like Move Garcon got vandalized during the the uh, first wave that we had. Like you guys turned that disheartening situation into a co- comedic relief, and like yeah, it got a lot, kindness. a lot of a lot of response. Plus you ended up having the rock stay in the restaurant for Polaroid pictures. Like that shit was yeah. fucking hilarious. So yeah, the, the, like you said, thank you, by the way, that's a great uh, transition, like good segue. So 
We got robbed. People threw this giant stone through the window, so we named the stone Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And you're right, like it's to me, it was my proudest marketing moment as like a freelancer because I like you know I manipulated the media. Like we this this the Rock thing happened. We made it funny, but we also like you know I tagged all these news outlets, and then all of a sudden we got CTV, CBC, uh, food blogs, Eater yep. are all at our door to do interviews. So it's like like you said, like taking a situation and finding like a com- comedic relief in it is it's it's just unique too. like most people like that day actually like 10 other restaurants got smashed into right I'm yeah not- your neighbor your neighbor got it pretty bad as well right yeah so i'm not trying to brag but like they could have hypothetically did what we did and just like yeah. you know made fun of a shitty situation and i think the fact that we made fun of like we got so many people like sharing our our store like because you know they they People were literally literally seeing our rock videos and then they were like making stories on their Instagram saying like, yo, you should check out this restaurant. They just got robbed, but they're making the best out of a city. So like we were literally like making people create videos talking about it. That's how much of like an impact. And so that was really cool for me, like seeing that level of uh, impact and like shareability and the fact that like news stations, um, yeah. I used enough hashtags and I, and I, Tag, I tagged the videos, I tagged these news stations in the videos, and then the videos get enough views and enough comments, and then the people who are like the news journalists are like, okay, well, fuck, I gotta go, I gotta go do a story on this now because it's blowing up, so, you know what I mean? So it's like you almost like force them to write a story about you. Yeah, you almost have to force their hand. Yeah, because, well, that's the thing about the internet, too, is like there's just so much bullshit out there that you gotta, you gotta cut through the noise and find a way to reach these people. Exactly. I I hear you. Well, that's like what I've been doing for the podcast, like reaching out to like they might may not be like the uh, biggest networks and stuff. But I have like the Boom 99.7 radio host, Dylan Black, who did the shout out for me and then did a on air shout out on the weekend for the podcast that I shared on Instagram. I don't know if you caught that, but uh, yeah, so 99.7 Boom FM uh has been promoting the uh it's awesome podcast so yeah i know what you mean by tagging people and asking certain folks for promotion not promotion but to check out what you're trying to push at the moment so yeah definitely feel you on that it's like the same do you know the the squeaky wheel gets the grease like if you don't if you don't tag like you know i mean like if you don't do something to let them know you're there then they're never gonna it's almost like that the same too like you know nobody's gonna come and offer you a job you're gonna have to go find you know what i mean like you're not gonna exactly. on your doorstep you have to you have to put out that you have to put that energy out in the universe a bit you know what i mean like otherwise you can only blame yourself when it comes to people not finding you because you got you gotta like, kind of help them find you you know yeah definitely no i hear you and um like i told some of our mutual friends about like your comedy and how you maneuver with it. Like I could see you being in Montreal and being on that just for last stage. And I'm pretty sure I told you that the last time we met, but yeah. And that's funny. You say that actually, since you gave, since you said that to me, I've thought about how we could kind of spoof the, uh, you remember just for laughs gags, how they would do yeah. like, they would do like kind of street pranks. I was thinking about doing a, a revamp of that for the YouTube. Yeah. Cause pranks are like, still very popular and well there's that new show well not new but it's a new s- season of a, a prank show from that with that kid that had like the big teeth or no teeth in uh stranger things um 
in regards to like the whole boofing, like uh, oh, oh yeah, that yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, there's that uh, show on Netflix. It's a prank show with that kid that had no teeth at the beginning from Stranger Things. He does like a prank show kind of. It's kind of like a punk almost. Okay, cool. I haven't seen it. Yeah, well, it's not. It's not all that great. I don't find it that great because it's a young kid doing it. If it was someone our age and with our experiences and our well-rounded resumes, we could probably do some great like pranks. I think if we one of us or you mostly were to revamp like a show like that. Yeah, that's dope. So uh, yeah, I was thinking about doing something similar for the actual YouTube. Uh, content because i want to keep adding different uh playlists to the uh, channel like different seasons of different shows like the playlist has different shows yeah so yeah we should definitely try and figure out something like that maybe if we can and then even if it comes down to you doing it just collaborate on a couple that way whatever ones are collaborated on can go on the channel and yeah man even the ones you make can go on the channel. We could use it as the outlet if you wanted to. Yeah, I'd be down for sure. So we could definitely talk about that. Yeah, have a meeting about it. I'll be back in Ottawa in a couple, probably like a three or four weeks too. So Good, sounds good. So we have a sketch here from one of Norman's own creations. I'm going to let him introduce it so you guys can get a feel for it. I think it's one of my favorites. It's hilarious. I love people who have random spastic moments and you'll understand what i mean in a minute so uh yeah norman go ahead introduce this sketch the title and uh a a brief definition because too long would ruin it yeah um it was a tiktok trend um that i thought i would could do funny uh and i thought like i just think of how chill some store like cashiers are and i thought it'd be funny if he was like really chill and then freaked out so it's spastic store clerk spastic store clerk all right good afternoon sir milk cookies you got pop tarts you got a kale you got greens oh on a diet a bit of salmon ground beef jesus okay uh, yeah uh, ground beef. Uh-huh. yeah i mean sir how much do you sir yeah do you really here we go all right so that's been the spastic store clerk sketch from norman still one of the funniest ones i've seen him do it's just he goes from so calm cool and collected to just sir how many things do you want that was a good one norman really 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 like that one man. it was kind of like a creative choice at the end not to like toot my horn too much but i, I kind of cut the video off while i'm screaming because i feel like it's, it's funnier that like you kind of do it like that because then it's like yeah the imagination is that like I could have even freaked out even more, you know, like I could have. You can make a part two now. True, I could just start off the second part screaming. Exactly. <laughs> or have another store clerk in the store start doing it because they relate. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> yeah, man, definitely. Or it's, like, so... it's, like me, or it's like me with a wig. Yeah, exactly. Even that would be great. I think <laughs> I think you should uh, keep that in your mind and, and yeah. Make, yeah, go forth with it. You know what? You know, that actually makes me think, dude, why not just do a part two of all my videos? Why not? You know, you know, some videos don't need a part two, though. Sometimes you just need that one. But even the idea of it not needing a part two makes it funny because then it's yeah. like, it's like forced. <laughs> it's like when there's a comedy movie that you loved and then the sequel comes out. and It's absolute shit. Yep. I think that's funny in itself, though. 
because it's like the hangover movies the first one was so great and then everything after was just like eh. yeah that's a great example but uh yeah uh you want to jump into some mental health talk because i know a lot of people will probably want to hear about your story and what you deal with what you battle with and uh not to glorify it and like uh make it seem so great that we're talking about it. I mean, I feel for anybody suffering, but uh, I know that you've had your past struggles. So, I mean, if you want to get into it, we can. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Of course. Uh, so I think I definitely suffer from PTSD and right. talk, we talked about this last time with my best friend passing away when I was 21. It definitely put me into a depression and all sorts of things for a couple of years. Right. And we both knew your friend that passed away. So uh, rest in peace to Will Fee. And uh, I know it was hard on you. And I know it was hard on a lot of people, but especially on you because you guys grew up together. You guys were best friends for time. So you definitely probably suffered a lot. And uh, going through those couple of years of dealing with it the way you were dealing with it at that immediate time what were you uh going to how are you dealing with it what were you doing to yourself that you would say wasn't good like any of those questions you could answer if you could answer all three and remember them but uh um yeah so i was definitely overeating i wasn't going out as much i kind of like stopped talking to people i would say the thing that helped me get out of it was my, my girlfriend at the time I don't want to go into that stuff, but uh, anyways, so yeah, that that was a big help, and my family, obviously. It's uh, always good to have help, even if you don't want to get into it, it's always good to have that help when you needed it, so you yeah. got to be grateful for them being there in that time when they were, even if they're not there now. Yeah, exactly, and there's other elements of that that I'd rather not get into, but it's all mm-hmm. good. Absolutely, I just wanted to interject that one part, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's all good. Um. So, yeah, uh, then she also helped me about a year and a half after he, well, actually, less than a year after he passed away, I tried to get into social work at Algonquin. I tried to take that program, but um, a lot of things happened. I I did all the, so I did all the volunteer work, and I tried to get into this program, but then my dad got, like, the most sick he's ever been with uh, cellulosis or cellular something. Okay. Really bad, and he like was basically on like in a coma for like ten days, and really. And he went into withdrawal because he's an alcoholic, so it was really bad. Um, okay, so I don't know this part about you very much because I mean I guess in high school we keep these kind of things to ourselves and still grow up. This was, this was a year after Will died, so this was 2012. Okay, right. Sorry. Uh, okay. So even still though, yeah, exactly. we wouldn't have known, or I wouldn't have known anyway about your family's. Oh, yeah, and even uh, people close to me, actually, to be honest with you, dude, like, even people in my, like, not to say, like, obviously, we were friends in high school, but I'm just saying, like, even people close to me in my life at the time didn't know, to give you an idea, like, I'm very private that way. Yeah. Um, kind of ironic that I'm saying, but I don't care now, obviously, it's, like, almost 10 years ago. So, anyways, um, uh, that happens, and then I go to the social work program, and then I get interviewed, and I'm just, like, in a bad place, because not only has it only been less than a year, so I'm still, like, I'm still, like, almost in shock, like... Yeah, you're still reeling from the death. 
so then then now my dad's in a coma and he's like the sickest he's ever been so i'm also that is stressing me out obviously so the people who are interviewing me for the social work thing tell me that i wasn't like mentally like or emotionally fit to like or like stable enough i forget the exact word verbiage what they said but that's essentially what they were saying right they were like basically right but it just sucks because that's what i wanted to do at the time was like help other people and it just it, it sucks that i was like on the path and like put the work in and stuff right and it's funny that you bring up the social work program because that's what i'm headed back into school for when i do go back there you go and it's also ironic that they said you're not in the right mindset to be part of that program when that program probably could have helped you with your own internal feelings and that's the thing maybe they were right maybe they're wrong who knows because i didn't even get a chance to take the program and chance to because social worker is a hard job let's let's be real obviously and it is if, Especially I know myself these now, days. if i'm being honest with myself now like you know again i was like 22 21 when i tried to do this and mm-hmm. now i'm 31 and i don't even know if i could do it like in the sense that i think i would just i wouldn't be able to separate work from like home I'm life and I would probably just like snatch up every kid and just like, <laughs> yeah. Like, and you you so, bring you bring you bring the work home is basically what you're trying to say. Yeah. So then that happens. I don't get into the program. I'm I'm kind of down again. And then I join a different program at Algonquin called Advertising Marketing Communication Management. It's like a you know advertising. You learn graphic design. You learn like yeah. It was fun. I was making ads, and that's kind of like goes back to what we were talking about too with Movergasson and my types of style of ads. It's always what I did was just try to like make puns or something stupid and silly. Yeah. Anyways, um, so I start that. I actually entered the program with someone else who went to high school with Spencer Simmons. <laughs> really? This is a funny story too. And since he doesn't talk to me anymore, I don't I don't mind telling you. <laughs> uh, so Where is this, he nowadays? This is funny. Let's listen to the story. Um. We're, we take the same program together because he kind of tells me he's taking it. And then I read about it and I'm like, well, you know, I didn't get into social working. This actually sounds dope. It was like the way the, the way the program is described is it's, they really sell the shit out of it. They do a good job. Yeah. Shout out to the, like, it's a good program, but there are like tons of things I would change obviously. And I know that sounds like elitist and cocky, but it's not entirely worth the money in my opinion. But no, anyways, I hear you. There's a lot of, programs and courses that are in the programs that don't need to be there filler yeah it's a money grab exactly even like this i would argue there's like an extra fucking year for no reason mm-hmm. um yeah so back to the story you and spencer in the same yeah. program good thank you for reeling me back in we eventually were halfway maybe to the end of the first semester so like you know fucking january whatever that is like halfway through the year yeah and um and it's a big project because this is the thing about this program is it, it was cool. It was all group projects. Like you always had to like come up with a fucking like, you know, campaign for Nike and like the four of you would go up and present it to the class. Okay. Just to give you yeah. an idea of like what this program is like. And uh, dude, this is like the biggest program. This is the biggest project of the year and he's in my group and, and people in my group know that I've been friends with him since high school. Right. 
Yeah. They know we're tight. Like we're constantly joking with each other like way too much because they're like, hey, how do you like you guys know each other really well, right? Because you know me and Spencer in high school. Like, yeah. Like, so anyways, um, he just doesn't show up to this project and just doesn't answer my texts. And I haven't talked to him since then. And that's no word of a lie since 2012. That's fucked up. He stopped showing up to class. He never showed up to class again. Wow. I'm not saying like I mean he could have been like he could have been in a bad place and I totally get that because I was in a bad place because of Will still right I was just in denial about my depression yeah so anyways that's uh that was a good, yeah, good side story that's funny that you say that because when I went to Algonquin in uh between 2010 and 2012 and then again 2012 and 2013 uh you know who was in my class who who here that's funny. Yeah, so Is we ended up... Nah, he's in Rwanda still. Uh, he's got property out there that he's helping build up for uh, the people that live in. And you got to get him on your podcast. Oh, for sure. I got to definitely get him on the podcast to talk about what's yeah, going perfect. on out there and stuff. And yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that, that's my shit. boy. I, I don't know if he's down to talk about everything, but that guy's definitely seen some shit. Oh, me and Muhir, me and Muhir go back. Because Muhir, man, back in the day was my guy I'd go to to make me the mixtapes I needed. So, like, that's what got me on the, like, super, like, artist, like, Cameron and all them. Like, he'd burn me the mixtapes that came out, and I'd listen to them, and I'd end up be, start writing my own music. So, Muhir really was, uh, like, definitely a part of my musical, like, life that I'd say that I appreciate him. Like, I wouldn't bring him up in every interview, but he definitely knows that he has that love for me, and he reciprocates it and he supports everything he's a supportive dude he's a good dude he's always been solid nice that's awesome shout out muhir yeah shout out muhir and now let's fast forward like after you've done the uh, program did you finish the program yeah yeah two so, so then you're i got to australia work. three months after i finished the program i, I left <laughs> australia for 10 months so. i missed that say that repeat that part I, I finished the program and then three months later i moved to australia for almost a year i, I didn't even know that yeah i lived in australia from 2015 how was that oh my god like that's a whole that's a whole podcast i mean just crazy shit i, I worked at like a strip club i worked as a telemarketer i worked as a door-to-door sales guy i sold like sold paintings door-to-door from indonesia at a strip club i was like a bus boy they had they but they made me clean the fucking stripper pole with like windex and a rag and i wore gloves that, you got real close to the strippers bro Oh, yeah, I have some crazy stories from the strip club, that's for sure. Any weed at the time? I catch this stripper smoking weed in, like, the smoke room. I'm like, oh, I'm going to tell on you. And then she, like, reaches in her purse and grabs, like, a fucking half ounce and just gives it to me and tells me, not, tells me like, not to rat on her. I'm like, oh, I was just joking, but thanks for the weed, I guess. And <laughs> it was just like that. It felt like the moment in Half Baked when Dave Chappelle gets, like, that weed and he just, like, freaks out. I'm yeah, just... puts it in his janitorial jacket and starts, exactly. like, sniffing it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah man so but, yeah so fast forward you're in australia you're in a better mindset there oh man it was some of the happiest times in that sense because there's just something so freeing about uh well actually another fuck you didn't know the story that i went to australia yo the coolest story the first day i get there dude i get off the plane i'm on the same plane as matthew van Leyen's sister-in-law oh i remember you telling me about this but yeah. not that you stayed there for a year i didn't know you were there a year i knew you went but i didn't know you were there a year 10 months 11 months but still yeah practically a year has been. yeah and what made you come back uh, i mean it's not that great of a country <laughs> i mean sorry if you have any australian listeners <laughs> i do <laughs> uh, yeah i mean it was whatever i mean the beaches are cool some some parts of the culture i just think 
living there. Um, I hear that a lot about Australia, that it's not all that great. I mean, obviously, some parts are really cool. Like, every country has cool. I mean, there's really unique. For God's sakes, it has, like, the most unique set of animals, which, if you're into nature and stuff, live in Australia. But, uh, yeah. But, anyways, fast forward. That was a cool experience. I visited, uh, Quinn in Thailand. Right. Come back to Ottawa. Very confident version of myself, arguably the most confident version of myself. Because <laughs> I was just, you know, I'd lived away for almost a year and I was just like pumped, like fucking tanned and thin and fucking my hair was nice because the fucking ocean water, bud. Just like, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a L'Oreal commercial, bro. Exactly. It was, I was living life. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so then. You're back. You're confident. You're in Ottawa. Uh, is your dad uh, recovering, like, or is he still in the same? Not in the hospital. I know you said he was only in the coma for ten days. Did he recover after that, or? Yeah. Yep. Well, big congratulations to your dad. Yeah. And uh, your relationship with, like, I know with your mom, it's fantastic. I've seen you and your mom, like smoke some loud together so and uh i see that you guys really connect on like a deeper level but do you have that same connection with your dad and would you say it was the same as it is as it was rather before you left as it is now or is it changed has it gotten better since you come back oh man that's a a good and layered question so i guess you know i gotta poke the bear bro no, it's good. It's just that, like, I, I'm trying to think of how to answer it as far as the steps. So, first of all, yeah, my my mom's relationship with myself is better because it's not just me that I don't have a good relationship with my dad, but my dad doesn't isn't really close to many people, if you know what I mean. Like, he's very. I hear you. It's hard to talk to. He's very, you know. Yeah. Um. So. That's that. And then I guess the other part of your question was, was it different? You know, it's funny is I actually felt I was closer with him when I was living in Australia, because that's the funny thing about your relationship with your family and your close friends is that the people who really want to reach out to you are going to reach out to you. Yep. Because if you don't see anyone for like, if you don't see someone's face for like eight, 10, like six months, then eight months, then 10 months, you know what I mean? Like you start to, it's like out of sight, out of mind a bit, unless, you know, like you're, unless you're in like a long-term relationship or like, you know, your best friend, you know, FaceTimes all the time or fucking, you know, it's, it's your, it's anyway. So my, my dad was emailing me all the time and shit. And it's just funny how, how that works. Cause then once I came back, you know, you see them when you move back. But then once I was living here, it's like, I talked to him less. <laughs> it's funny how that works. It does. It is funny how that works. Cause I know I've, had that with a lot of people not saying my father or my mother but i've had that with just people in general you know what i mean so yeah because like i was after high school i'm saying it's like you realize what's gone what's missing when someone's all of a sudden not there type of thing exactly and that's it i think like since you were like all the way across the globe he felt like he had to reach out more yeah i guess so maybe that's it i don't know I'm not a doctor. I can't. I can't put a label on it, but that would be my assumption. But um, what was I trying to get at? Uh, 
it's like my again, like my relationship's not great with them to be. I mean, I can, so, I can dive super into that <laughs> if you want, but uh, it's like I mean, I, it's I mean, up to you. I mean, it's not super great, meaning like you guys can't stand the sight of each other, or like oh no, it's not that bad, but he's just he. he I have more of a problem with him than he has with me. If you not, not to sound confident. Oh, okay, so it's the opposite then. Well, it's not that we both can't stand each other; it's that I can't stand him. Okay, and he can there's stand obviously him. there's obviously a background reason towards that. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm still figuring that out, honestly, as a person and as an adult and. As a man, I guess I don't usually like saying that because it's just like silly. But anyways, I, I'm still kind of. It's not silly, it. man. It's really not silly because. Well, no, because I mean. The fact that you're honest to say, say it, able still, to say it. Right, but my sisters, for example, are still. They're they got to figure it out as a woman. You know what I mean? Like, what does that mean? Because yeah, he did treat me differently because I was a boy, right? Because that's what kind of not great parent he was. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Just to give you an idea of like how he is. Okay. Anyways, so yeah, let's. I, just, I, I, I think it's annoying when people say like, "I gotta, I gotta do this as a man." It's like, well, a woman has to do it too, but not, to, not to be all like fucking woke culture, but I just think it's a silly thing to say. No, I hear you. So, anyways, I had to. I still figuring out like what my relationship is with him, and like, you know, in a sense of I gotta when I talk to him now, I think of, I have more mindfulness, and I'm practicing mental health stuff in the sense like. If if I'm stressed and he's calling, I just won't answer, you know, unless he calls like four times in a row because it's an emergency. I, if he just calls once, I know that that conversation will just stress me out further. So I kind of like with age and I think an experience, I'm kind of realizing those things like that can help because I got to worry about myself in that sense. Like I, I'm past the point of worrying about him because he's not caring about him when he doesn't care about himself. So it's like if he's you know, doing bad things, then, like, I'm not going to worry about them or, like, give them time when I got to worry about myself, if, if that makes sense. Like, I'm just... Right, not, you're not going to answer it just to condone it because he's calling. Yeah, just for him to, because he's lonely, but, or or whatever it might be. Yeah. Because I got to worry right. about mental health in that sense, so just, that's yeah. kind of like where I'm at. Fair enough, fair enough. Let's fast forward to where we are now so like say 29 to 31 or 28 to 31 you're in ottawa still or and moved to montreal just in the last uh couple years or so last six months uh, montreal last six months my bad so uh, that time, yeah i was just uh i i lived with two i lived with two friends from college it was fun off bank street it was a good <laughs> time it was like Actually, it's funny you say that because when I was interviewing closed caption, we clo- uh, we parked right by Stash and Co. Oh yeah, and, and uh, your house was like right there. He's like, that's where Norman used to live, and I'm like, I didn't even fucking know that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a dope spot, Frankenbank, Frankendank, Frankenbank, Frankendank. Yep. Dank. But, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so fast forward to then, you're seeking. You were telling me before our interview that you're going to therapy and stuff like that are you still doing that has it helped yeah i mean i'm looking back into therapy it's it's honestly a money thing because it's not free and 
I I'm just on EI and I gotta find a job. I'm I was really close to getting a job in around Christmas, like January time. I was like in the third round of interviews for this really great job at a at a music marketing agency in Montreal, and it was all going so well, and I and it had benefits, and I ended up not getting the job, and I was just devastated. And like honestly, dude, like yeah, it took so much out of me. Like I kept lying to myself about how you know trying to find the positive in it which yeah. it's fine i get i get that like it's a good thing to do but sometimes things just fucking suck you know oh for <laughs> sure bro for and sure so, and so uh, it's just a bunch of things how it was handled and how i was just so close and then the woman who i was interviewed by she emailed me after saying how perfect i would have been but i didn't have enough experience and saying how she's going to give my information to someone else and dude like this this agency this marketing agency their client was like kelly Rowland from destiny's child like it was like a legit music agency that like markets artists so See, that's very- dope, bro but you gotta look at it on a high note when she's gonna pass your credentials along that yeah. means that means it's gonna that, i never got any back that's, that was the more depressing part though dude. not to not to i just followed up and then she never fucking responded so they're busy people though man it could take months but maybe uh, you'll get a response uh, bro it's not that I don't think, dude. Dude, I got to be more realistic with myself because the jobs, like, it's a fast-growing company, and like they, they were getting back to me constantly, and then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I just gotta like, and it's fine. Like, it's now that it's been fucking like three months, I'm yeah. even more four months because I think it was actually, I said January, but it was actually like late November. Anyways, that's not important, but it was just fucking. <laughs> So that's the therapy though. The is that they had the benef- health, health benefits for therapy, so I was oh, like, Fuck. so that's why you haven't been, been back going is because you need the benefits. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the last year that I was going in like the end of, so I was paying for it in like 2018, 2019. I was like, I was doing like a counseling, and then 2019, like mid 2019 to like f- through half of COVID, I was doing this thing that my doctor prescribed, which was nice, like my. I just like had a breakdown in front of my fucking family doctor. And then they, she like prescribed me like, like these therapy sessions at this place called health connections in Ottawa in the East end in Beacon, in Beacon Hill. Oh, okay. Off like Canatech or some shit. Anyways, um, that went really well. So it's just like one of those things where like, it's like going to the gym or fucking eating healthy. You can't just do it for six months and expect to be better your whole life it's a light it's a thing right like you need to for me for well, me therapy will be a thing like i have issues <laughs> so i just need to and it's fine like i'm not like crying about it i just know that i need to have that set up like whether it's someone to talk to once a month even you know so that's yeah, just not, that's on me to make those it's moves. like i said in my uh episode four podcast with spitting image he was saying that it's like a broken bone, right? Like, it has to heal. It won't heal overnight, it, like, speaking on mental health. And I said, like, well, even a bone doesn't always heal right. You know what I mean? So you could be going to therapy for the rest of your life because you just can't get your mental health back to where you want it exactly. And that's not a problem. No one should be ashamed of that. So I'm proud of you for seeking the tools out that you needed and uh, would you recommend this uh, uh, little program to the people that are listening? Like, would you recommend they ask their family doctors about it? Or I don't know how that works. I yeah, I get. I think it's 
a good loophole in my opinion. Like if people can, because well, I'm sure I'm sure it's recognized if the doctor's passing the name out. So I'm sure most family doctors have some sort of idea of what it is. If not, they could Google it. I mean, yeah, yeah, good good question actually. So what was the name of it again? Connections Ottawa with like two X's. That was the name of the. Uh, one sec, I'll pull it up. Yeah, if you want to just leave the website out there, just that'll work. Connection Family Health Clinic, Family Health Team. But they have like therapists and shit, or like I guess like fucking. Okay. Okay. Counselors. I hear you. I don't, I don't know if they have. So a basically, there. it's like my family doctors, but. My, I, they have like my family doctor's office has therapists and stuff already like uh, in it, so I'm benefit I benefit off having it right there. That way I don't have to go to multiple places, especially with some of the mental illnesses that I'm uh, diagnosed with. Uh, so it helps me out a lot. But yeah, I'll definitely uh, have people look into that. That'll definitely be a new resource that I look into, and I'll give them a call and talk to them about how they provide services. But yeah, thanks for that. Of course, bro. And, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, I'll end the conversation on my part by saying congratulations on all your successes, even though you didn't get the job that you had hoped for, you managed to succeed in other ways. And even if it's not bringing in the paper that you're anticipating just yet, I have a feeling that it's just another couple more years, which sounds long in the sense when you're not making the money you want already. And like, just to cut you off, to be honest with you, it wasn't even like the, like it it wasn't the loss of income to be quite honest with you, because I never really made that much money. So I'm not trying to brag about that. It's, it was honestly the, the coolness of the job. Which was the letdown? Just, just. No, be- no, definitely. I, I, I understand that. I'm just saying that the, the money would help nowadays, especially. Yeah, in- I just, I'm of the mindset that if I have a job that I look forward to going into, I don't even care if it doesn't pay that much, as long as I can have a dope apartment. Like, I'm set. Like, if I have a job that everyone's cool and I look forward to working with these people, like that's the dopest thing to me. So. Love the job that's, you do. You'll that's- never work a day in the world. Yeah, and I know that, like, that's always not always true. Like, even fucking cool jobs suck sometimes, you know? Like, some work is work, but, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I just want to say how, as a friend, I'm so proud of you. I love you, dude. I'm happy that you're feeling better, and I'm glad we caught up. And uh, I'm going to let you uh, take out episode 11 with the name of the outro sketch that you have and then uh i'll just do a little finishing piece and that'll be it all right so yeah this next video our last video is my uh one of my favorites i am the uh workout goon uh commenting on the gym truck outside so yeah here it is uh thanks hanley for having me on thanks for your kind words love you too bro uh this has been really great really cathartic and uh yeah you want a freaking tight body like me you need to call my guys 1855 gym guys all right so it turns out i'm getting a lot of pressure from the gym guys to take down my video 
But I'm not gonna do it because I <laughs> definitely great to go down memory lane with you a little bit and remember the people that we've lost and uh, definitely good catching up, my brother. So today I've been on the line with Norman, aka Norman Clickbaits on Twitter. I'm your host, Hanley, and I'll see you in a couple weeks. Take care. And to the listeners, I hope you enjoy. To the new listeners, I thank you for joining and listening in, and I hope you enjoyed as well. All right, brother, take care. Peace.